Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 401. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm excited to bring to you today's guest, Bob Lachance. He's a seasoned hockey athlete turned real estate investor. Bob's an entrepreneur at heart, having owned several global businesses in addition to his commercial real estate investments. Bob is an advocate of building and scaling your business, getting some of your time back and outsourcing through virtual assistants. It's a topic I've been very interested in for years now. We use virtual assistants in our business here, just from like our audio editor, Honey Zell, who's editing this exact episode as you hear it. So I'm excited to talk to Bob today. Bob, hey, welcome to the podcast. Jacob, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. Well, Bob, let's start with telling us a little bit about how a hockey athlete turns real estate investor. <laughs> well, it's kind of an interesting story, but I went to school for four years, went to Boston University. I left school two classes short to get my degree. So it was either <laughs> you know, play professional for eight years, it was either go back to school mm-hmm. or you know jump into an industry that did not have any barriers of entry. So did a lot of research and uh, real estate investing, uh, had zero barriers of entry for any type of education at all. So I figured I was reading a lot of books towards the end of my career and you know everything pointed to real estate. And I figured, you know what, I'm going to jump right in. So jumped right into real estate. And uh, you look at real estate and you look at sports, right? They have a lot in common. Business and sports have a ton in common. And you, know, you get punched in the face a lot. You got to get back up. <laughs> you got to dust yourself off. You get back up, right? There's a lot of ups and downs you know, in sports and in business. So no matter what, I look at it as, I think we're talking about this a little earlier, we started a podcast too called Pucks to Properties, and we're interviewing ex-players, whether NHL, AHL, IHL, played in Europe, that go into real estate because you know any kind of transition in life, it's very difficult. Let's call it what it is. It doesn't matter. You, know, you have a lot of listeners on your call that want to get into real estate that are in different industries. It's really the same thing, right? Yeah. On that transition. So you know, my transition was tough, just like everybody else. And you know what? Sports is, you know, if I had to attribute anything, sports is a huge complement to, you know, what happens in business. Yeah, sure. I'm sure, you know, you kind of approach it. Maybe you realize this or not, but, you know, hockey was your day job, right? You traded your time for dollars, right. just like anybody out there, whether oh, they're pushing doubt. papers or pushing pucks on the ice, you know, it's all a day job. So making that transition is all the same for everybody. No, without a doubt. I mean, it's kind of funny you say that because you're always looking for the next contract, right? When you're playing sports, you're always looking for next year. What's next? What's next? You got to put up points today to get a contract for next year. So you are 100% changing. You're replacing your time, your day, everything like that for a dollar. That's what you're running towards. And real estate is way better than that. I do have to say, because you are <laughs> making your time, you're making your hours, you're really you know, moving towards whatever you want to do with your life. So this is the best industry, in my opinion. I know people may agree or disagree, but real estate is the best, 100% the best business in the world, in my opinion. 
I love it. Yeah. I mean, I agree as well. And that's why the audience members are here listening to folks just like you. So let's talk about that transition, Bob, when you're kind of making that transition from athlete to real estate investor. Was it like cold turkey, like day one, you know, you become a real estate investor? Did you have both feet and both worlds for a little while? Talk about that transition. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So I, when you decide, and this is something that I know you talk about a lot in your podcast, but when you decide to just do something, you got to put two feet in, right? You can't put one foot in. If you put one foot in, you're never going to be successful in anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I jumped in with two feet. I read a lot of books. I read this main one. It was a course like this thick. It was, uh, I think the gentleman's name was Dave Wisnett. I may butcher his name. He's an attorney, but he wrote a great course and it was all about real estate, but nothing specific. It was just you know explaining how everything... And this is back in 2003. This is when I bought this course. Okay. So I retired in 2004, jumped into real estate, but it taught me how to farm areas. And it was farming areas, driving around neighborhoods, looking at properties that are beat up, et cetera, right? So I called on this one property. I call it, call it a bunch of them, but this one was actually listed, ended up making an offer. It was listed, I think it was like 185000 and put an offer on 135. They accepted my offer. And I was like, uh-oh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't have money lined up. I didn't have rehabbers yet because at this time, I thought I was a rehabber, right? Okay. So I uh, ended up doing pretty well on it. You know, made about $32,000, rehabbed it for a month, found contractors, you know, lined up money, et cetera. I ended up doing well, but I also... When I was done, after two months of this project, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, I don't know how to do business. I came from the, from the locker room and all of a sudden I made money, but it was dumb luck, right? Yeah. So I joined my local real estate investing association. I saw a speaker on pre-foreclosure and it was all about short sales and the guy's gentleman's name was Jeff Collar. So I invested in the course. And then the next meeting after that, I went to everybody in the RIA group and said, who is the best short sale guy in Connecticut? And they all pointed to the same guy, Pat Precourt. Went up to him. So Pat, you know, I'm not looking for a paycheck. I'll, you know, learn from ground up. I said, you know, do you need help in your business? Literally for a year straight, I door knocked from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday on people that were losing their house. And it was just knocking on doors. You know, I got my door slammed from my face. Yeah, I knew nothing, go, I'm I knew sure. nothing about <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So, but my whole mindset was I got to learn from ground up, right? Mm-hmm. Today's day and age, we're in a different world right now. We don't have to do door knocking anymore. Back in the day, we had to. You know, you got cold calling, you got text messaging, you got all this stuff now that we didn't have back then. So, best thing I've ever done because I had to learn how the rejection is a very big part of our business here. And, you know, that's one of the things you learn pretty quick. Yeah, definitely. You know, Bob, I think a lot of people experience a lot of the similar challenges and just roadblocks when they're first starting out. It's one of those you don't know what you don't know, but then as you, did what you did, start from the ground up like many of us do. You know, you have to wear all of these different hats and you're doing the acquisitions and lining up the financing and doing the project yeah. management and the property management. And if you're in the wholesaling, you're doing the disposition. So, I mean, there's so many hats to wear when you're first starting out, which is good because it makes you learn the entire business. But eventually you get burned out with trying to wear all those hats and you're probably not doing a good job at wearing every one of them to the best of your ability. So then we come to this kind of crossroads in our career where you're like, okay, I need some help. I've got to bring somebody on to do X, Y, or Z or you know, help with this thing. So I'm sure you found yourself there. Kind of talk about that, if you will. You know, it's pretty interesting. So just to further story, when I started investing in 2004, I also started a couple of real estate education companies. 2006 was one of them. And then 2007, a company called Fortune Builders. Good buddies of ours came up to us and said, hey, Bob, Pat, you know, we're looking to start this company. Are you interested in running the coaching program, like the coaching behind it? So Pat and I were tasked to build up the coaching program behind the scenes while we were investing. So it's pretty cool because we were 
investing back and forth with our buddies, Dan, Paul, and Conrad here in Connecticut before they moved to San Diego. So through the years while we were doing the coaching program and our real estate investing, there was a huge need, just like you said. It was, you know, we had individuals that were working part-time or full-time, didn't have enough time to actually, you know, commit to the coaching program and actually doing the tasks that we were giving them. So it's funny that you say that. And that's why I started Reva Global, which is my virtual assistant company, right? So, and that's exactly what you need. You start looking at what we do to offset burnout. You 100% have to build a team. It's not about, in my opinion, the day of the lone wolf is done, right? You can't do this business alone because you will get burnt out. I don't care what business it is. If you don't have a team, you are going to crash and burn. I will promise you that. Yeah. yeah. You may feel like... And, this is a misconception, Jacob. And again, I, you know, I listen to your podcast. So I know you talked about this in the past, but big misconception is, oh, I'll make all the money for myself. You're going to make way less money if you have the mindset of, I want every penny. I want every dime. That's a huge misconception in this industry. Yes, definitely. I've heard it a good analogy from one of our previous guests, Tim Bratz, and I, that's who I'll credit yep. this saying to. But he said, Bratz rather, he said, would you rather have an entire grape or a piece of a watermelon? And it's like, that's a pretty cool analogy for thinking about yep. that whole, do you want you know all of the profit for yourself? Do you want all of the responsibility for yourself? Or do you want to offload some of that and partner up and bring on team members to share? So yep. I like that analogy. Tim, Tim's a very successful dude too. He's very yes. successful. Great guy. Yep. Well, let's talk about the power of uh, scaling through hiring virtual assistants. Tell us about how that works if somebody's never really thought about this. Yeah, you know what? It's pretty interesting. And, you know, when I have some people come to us and say, hey, Bob, you know, what do you do in your own business? So, what we have a real estate investing company as well as my virtual assistant company. Right now, we're at about a thousand virtual assistants nationwide. And we do in our real estate investing company, we did these 166 transactions, I believe, last year. We're on pace to do over 225 this year. And we wow. use our virtual assistants in our business. So, we do. Anything from you know wholesaling, wholetailing, a couple of fix and flips. We were buying a holding. We're up to I think it was twenty seven doors, and we just sold everything because the market is so hot. It's like yeah. why keep anything because the values are so high. So we just wiped that out. I think we have maybe one or two left that are on the market right now. One of them's under contract. The other one I think we're going to end up keeping because it's in in an area where it just makes sense for us to keep. But to talk about tasks in our business, I'll just give you a little overview of what we do. So we use our virtual assistants to run comps, cold call, text message, follow-up, also help on the transaction coordination side, also do social media management. Um, also, just like you, we have a podcast that we have a VA also help with our podcast along with our marketing team, Preston's kick-ass on that side of it. So anyway, we, do, we use our VAs for literally everything in our business. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I remember when I first got started with this podcast, for example, Go back and well, actually, don't do this. But if you go back and listen to episode one, episode five, episode 10, I was doing all the audio editing myself. Completely terrible audio quality. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't get into this podcast because I liked audio editing, right? But here I found myself <laughs> being an audio editor. I'm like, I have to get this off my plate. I'm terrible at it. I don't like it. I never even wanted to sign up for this part of the whole podcasting gig. So I hired audio editor and they're still with me to this day edit this podcast and make me sound half as good as you, Bob. So yeah, that's one of my kind of first foray personal stories into the virtual assistant world. Yep. Yep. It's, a, it's kind of funny. Anything you can look at in your business. Yeah, you know, We talk about real estate investing. You look at what you do. You need leads in your business. It's call it what it is. 
Mm-hmm. You don't have leads, you're not in business. I don't care what you're doing, right? We also have a lot of uh, property managers that use our service, whether it's, you know, tenant renewals, the leasing, you know, you got to look at all of the gamut. They have um, mainline where they call in. Think about this. You have, uh, let's say you have 20, 30, 40, 50 units. How many calls are you getting on your cell phone on a daily basis from people? Oh, my, uh, my toilet's backed up or, oh, mm-hmm. this, you know, just complaining about stupid crap that you do not want to have take right. up your time, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really, really important. And this is just a small little, obviously, ticket that we're doing. You also have bookkeeping, you have all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, right. So many hats you can offload to a yep. virtual assistant in real estate investing. One of those I find really interesting is just kind of the whole acquisitions process. Having a cold caller reach out to leads, set appointments, follow up with property owners, track those tasks yep. in a project management software. That's kind of my current workflow. So yeah, I think yep. it's just really powerful. Let me add to that, Jacob, on that, because that's really important. You know, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, when you start marketing, your leads start compiling on top of each other. So what happens is if it's you or your team right over there, what they'll do is they'll, they'll cherry pick. They'll get the newest lead. Boom. Answer, that lead goes to the bottom of the pile. They'll go to the next one. They'll go to the next one. Before you know it, you have hundreds of leads that have never, ever been contacted or touched that have reached out to you. So perfect example, having a VA just dial through those. We have two VAs and our team that does just follow up. Just follow up. Just cold calling all day long. Follow, 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 follow. And we get a bunch of deals per month from those two individuals. Let's talk about the logistics of hiring a virtual assistant for somebody who's maybe never hired a virtual assistant, Bob. Yep. What does that look like at Reva Global? You know, in the name, it's global. So I'm sure you have a global workforce of virtual assistants around the world that support yep. their virtual, which means they're not sitting in your office or in your hometown or even working the same nine to five work schedules you are. So kind of talk about the logistics yep. of that, if you will. Yeah, we have an awesome team. We have a sourcing and recruiting team over in the Philippines. All my VAs are in the Philippines. That's where we have our business, right? So we have a sourcing and recruiting team. So on a daily basis, they're going through hundreds of applications, just sifting through, sifting through to get the best of the best. Once they actually get through our sifting process and our recruiting process, then they go to our training team. And our training team has them for about a month. And then they have to pass different tests, language proficiency, scoring. They go through different types of training. Placement seems like match.com. Match.com, where we do predictive index and also disk profiling. So what we do is we see exactly what the skill set that you're looking for. So if you're looking for a cold caller, we want to make sure that we fill exactly what that type of individual is strong in with the tasks that you want. So, and then right when you will put you on an interview with three different virtual assistants, you pick the best one. And then we also have a management team that helps manage your virtual assistant throughout the process as well. Now, Bob, maybe somebody's thinking to themselves, man, I'm just getting started. I'm trying to scratch out my very first small multifamily property. I'm looking for duplexes or fourplexes in my area. I have got a day job. I don't have the capital to hire somebody full-time to work with me. What are maybe some misconceptions you would see there? So misconceptions, if you will. Yeah. You mean misconceptions with hiring a VA? Yes. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions, especially out of the Philippines, like how's their English? That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that um, English is one of the primary languages in the Philippines. So that's number one. And the second one is, how do I give them enough work? Right? How do I know that they're busy? We do a start a day and an end of day report. So you make sure that, let, let's go, let's give an example of cold calling. Okay. So what you're going to do is, is you're going to get an end of day report of how many calls they made, how many connects, and how many leads that they sent. So they'll give you that report at the end of the day. And our 
We have managers that oversee it to make sure that you get an end-of-day report that fits the tasks that you actually want your virtual assistant to do. Yeah, like kind of we're talking about, Bob, there's so many ways, so many things you can outsource to a virtual assistant team when you're first getting started. I find, you know, doing the acquisitions, the lead generation is really helpful. I found when I hired a good lead generation person going out and, you know, searching, I used PropStream at the time, actually, I still do, uh, searching for specific property owners, property types, compile a list, and then I wanted to keep control of that cold calling aspect because I thought I could call and relate to the people in my home market. So I'm calling and dialing people in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma markets. I can call and talk to them about that neighborhood or that new coffee shop down the road or whatever, right? And I thought I really needed to keep that control. So all these leads stacked up on my desk and then every day I'd have to go call two or three of them and I started getting behind. I'm like, okay, I can't even keep up with calling these leads. So then I had to go out and hire a cold caller. And that's where somebody I really wanted to be obviously very proficient with English. And I found a great cold caller and now they're running through those leads and then just passing me the warm ones. Hey, Jacob, found two or three people this week that are interested. Here's their contact information, queue them up and then call and you know build that report with them. So that's kind of been my workflow. Yeah. What's your take in uh, kind of that? Yeah. You know, you kind of nailed it. And we talked about burnout at the beginning of the call. It's really, really important because once you get in this business, let's say you're a lone wolf and you're doing it yourself, you will get burnt out when you're calling, 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 calling. Because in this business, consistency wins. How many times have you heard a realtor in your area, a real estate agent say, oh, there's no inventory. I don't have any inventory. Well, we have over a hundred and something properties on our contract right now. We got inventory, right? (laughs) Because it's the consistent marketing. You have to consistently do it. Cold calling is one of the mediums. Text messaging is another one. You have to consistently do that. Because think about this. If it's just on our plate and Jacob, you call me up, you say, hey, it's beautiful Friday, right? Beautiful Friday out. You want to play golf? I'm like, sure. But what's going to happen if you go play golf on a Friday? What's not happening? Yeah. You're not hammering the phones. Right. You're not driving in leads. You're not running your business. That's the challenge, right? If you have a virtual assistant, guess what? And their main task is the cold call. There's calling every single day. There's leads getting driven in every single day. That's why people have to, you know, in my opinion... In my own business too, this is why you have to have team members that are working very hard, just like you said, on the cold calling and lead generation side, so those leads don't stop. I know one of the things that you know I got caught when I first started, it's you know, I had five deals I'm working on, right? All of a sudden, you know, you start rehabbing a property. Well, guess what? Now you got to go check out the contractors. You got to make sure it's good. As soon as you're out of the office, business is not running. So what happens is you stop marketing or you stop doing whatever that task is that yeah. found you those deals. And that's a very common thing that we all see. We've seen this for, that's a test of time. We've seen this forever in real estate, right? You get so busy here that you stop doing you know, what you need to do to run your business. Yeah. It's like, if you can kind of like use a metaphor of your juggling, right? And you're you know, doing marketing, lead generation and property management mm-hmm. and acquisitions and financing. And you start focusing on one of those, you know, you're going to drop two or three other things over here or dare 100%. forbid you want to, live some life and go out on a Friday for a round of golf or go shoot some arrows like I'm going to do tomorrow, getting ready for elk season. You know, (laughs) your business comes to a screeching halt if you're a solopreneur and you're not working. So, you know, you've got to find a way to build systems. I think maybe we can talk about that as well as, you know, when you hire a virtual assistant, you know, you got to set them up with proper systems and procedures and SOPs, standard operating procedures to be able to, you know, execute this work. So maybe talk about that side of things. Yeah. And let's just use cold calling as an example, right? So, and you use the example of PropStream. So mm-hmm. PropStream, it's a great tool 
to get a list, yes. a potential motivated seller list. So mm-hmm. what PropStream is, it's a really a data site, right? You have all of the homeowners in, let's just say, Oklahoma, right? You can pull all the homeowners in Oklahoma. You can actually pull them by beds, baths, amount of time that they've owned the property, et cetera, right. et cetera. So you can really sift through. So what we do in our business, we have a virtual assistant go to PropStream, as an example, pull down a list. We do own for two years or more, three bed, one and a half bath. We don't do any anything else. The reason why is because we need all that data because we're cold calling a lot. We're doing a lot of different data, right? On direct mail, we'll hone in really on that motivated seller list from PropStream. So anyway, our VA will go to PropStream, pull down a list. I give them the parameters of it. Then they'll skip trace. So what skip tracing is finding the best potential phone number for the individual. Yes. And there is a skip trace service in PropStream. Mm-hmm. So I'll just give PropStream a plug. I don't get, you know, you and I, we use the same tool. I do have some other data sources too. I use RealFlow as another data source. I also have an individual that pulls data for us as well. So anyway, you pull the list, let's say from PropStream, you get a skip trace in PropStream, then you upload it into whatever dialer that you have. So if it's, let's say Mojo, Mojo sells as a dialer, right? So you put that list into Mojo or ready mode or whatever kind of dialer that you have. And then all of a sudden your virtual system will just dial, 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 dial all day long with the idea, with the end result of getting, we call them an ITS, an interested to sell. So anyone that raises their hand that says, you know what, Jacob, I'm interested in potentially selling my property. Boom, that goes right over to our sales floor. Yeah. So they do all of that heavy lifting right up front pass it off. Same thing with text messaging. It's the same exact process, right? VA will pull the list, VA will skip trace, upload it into whatever tool you're going to use, right? If it's going to be launch control or it's going to be smarter contact or it's going to be batch leads, whatever text you know, a platform that you use. And then the VA will go back and forth. And as soon as they get someone on the line that is interested to sell, we also have them pick up the phone and call them, really pre-screen them, and then send a lead over to our, to our team. Those are very good leads. Very good leads. Yeah. So you're casting a really wide net to start out with. You're not trying mm-hmm. to hone in on a certain zip code with, you know, a hundred plus thousand dollars in equity and an out-of-state owner who's, you know, nope. you know, facing foreclosure, pre-foreclosure, rather. You're just casting a really wide net, dialing a bunch of numbers. So you're kind of going for a volume approach to begin with. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're in a lot of different markets too. So we're in Arkansas, Alabama. We're going into Louisiana. We've Done Ohio, we're in Connecticut, Massachusetts, we're going into Rhode Island, Florida, Georgia. So we're getting into other states. So we need a big net, right? We need a lot of that data. So it really doesn't matter to hone in on that one list. We do hone in on that one list though when it's direct mail, right? Direct mail is different because it's sure. more expensive. Yeah. Right. It's just more expensive to that. So we do hone in a little more on that list rather than, you know, send out the big net with cold calling and et cetera and text messaging. Well, Bob, kind of give us an idea of what the pricing looks like for hiring your very first virtual assistant, whether that's just an administrative assistant or somebody maybe in your lead generation process. What's that look like? We keep it very standard. It's $10.60 an hour. Very standard. We've worked with different pricing models, and that seems to be the best model for us as a company. We offer part-time 20 hours or full-time 40 hours a week. Okay. Yeah. So pretty straightforward. I like the simplicity there. So, you know, if you're for a busy professional, you're an accountant or a dentist or somebody out there trying to cut their teeth 
well, that's a bad metaphor if you're a dentist, but uh, <laughs> you're trying to cut your teeth in the real estate investing world and you're busy at your day job. Well, you can pay somebody probably less than you're earning to, you know, go and do those repetitive tasks for you. So, you know, you can be at work, yeah. pay somebody $10 an hour, or you can sleep and pay somebody $10 an hour to do those things and kind of keep that business moving forward for you. Yeah. And, and it's important to, that's a really good point by your, what you just said. It's, you know, you look at uh, new graduates as an example, right? I live in Connecticut. Everyone's expecting to come out of college making fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. And you know, I'll be honest with you, as a small business owner, it's very difficult as a real estate professional to hire someone to pay them fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. Very, very difficult because not only are you paying them just on storefront, you also have to give them benefits. You also have to pay for technology. You got to give them cell phones. You got to give them office space. You got to pay taxes for them, right? So yeah. there's a lot of added costs that are on top of having an employee. A virtual assistant, you just pay one fee and that's it. You don't have to pay any desk fees. You don't have to pay any paid time off. You don't have to pay any health insurance. You don't have to pay any training. You don't have to pay any technology, et cetera. So it's a pretty cool thing rather than having a full-time employees that work with virtual assistants. Yeah, no, that's a great, great point. Bob, if somebody's interested in kind of learning about where to find virtual assistants at, I know there's all kinds of you know ad hoc platforms where you can go out and search for virtual assistants all over the world, ranging from yep. administrative assistants to very high-end specialized legal advice or you know engineering type work, yep. all kinds of things really. Now at Reva Global, it sounds like you have a staff of very specialized virtual assistants. Is that right? That's correct. So if anyone has any questions, we have an incredible missions team. You can get on a call with them. You say, hey, listen, you know, Bob, what can I outsource in my business? So we have our admissions team that will actually take some time, spend some time with you to look at your business, see exactly what the best tasks are to outsource and help you that way. So if anyone has any questions, just log in or so you can set up a you know 15-minute consultation to ask any type of questions. So definitely check us out at Awesome. Well, Bob, before we yep. wrap up, I want to end with our lightning round. It's just a quick series of questions we ask every one of our guests. Right. You up for it? I'm in. All right. I'm in. Let's do it. Question is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what'd you do to overcome that? This should be good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest hurdle I see and what happened to me was a lot of naysayers, right? A lot of people that are like, oh, real estate, you know, there's no product out there. Like right now would be a perfect example of someone, you know, getting into real estate saying, well, there's no product out there. I'm reading the newspaper. Um, Not the newspaper, but I'm reading online. I don't even know if they make newspapers anymore, (laughs) but I'm reading online that, you know, Real estate's a bad time to get into real estate. It's never a bad time to get into real estate. Real estate is one of the best and it's always... So if there's a lack of inventory, guess what? You hire a VA to cold call, text message, do direct mail to drive in those leads. And then what you need to do is close those deals. So it's really just getting away and just blocking out all the noise from the naysayers. I love it. Bob, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? I think positivity right behind me. Positivity always wins. You got to be positive in this business because there are ups and downs, just like anything else, right? Sports, same thing. You get beat up, you got to dust yourself off and get back up. Yeah. I love that. I love the perspective and mindset there. Well, how about an online resource you find valuable in your day-to-day outside of Reva Global, of course? (laughs) Well, online resource, since we're giving a plug to PropStream, let's use PropStream or any type of data source because you need data in your business, right? Look at any type of site. PropStream is you know, something that we use on a daily basis. 
Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, prop stream, just an episode 400 monumental episode I just released last week. I talked a little bit about how I found an eight unit using prop stream, bought that mm-hmm. property, distressed, put a bunch of sweat equity into it and made several hundred thousand dollars. And I credit a lot nice. of that, not only to prop stream, but prop stream was a tool that helped me find and skip trace and yep. kind of get that deal started. So definitely equally love prop stream. Bob, next question, what book would you recommend to the listeners and why? I would say Compound Effect, Darren Hardy. Okay. Uh, so it has to, the reason why is because, you know, everything that we do on a daily basis, it just, everything compounds on each other. When you take one step forward, you're going in the direction where you want to go, right? So you always, always just keep moving forward and good things will happen. I love it. Last question, Bob, if you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you tell 20-year-old Bob? I would say start buying and holding sooner than later. Yeah. All right. We do a lot of flipping. We do a lot of wholesaling right now. But if I could go back, you know, I started in 2004. Think about that. If I could go back and buy four houses a year, right? Four times 18, a lot of houses. Yeah. Right. I don't know the math, but it's a lot. <laughs> the point is, I would go back and I would start buying and holding. And then, you know, you think about the appreciation that happened since 2004, right? Of course, there were some dips, ups and downs. And then 2007, eight, nine, you know, you could have really stockpiled houses. And then the valuations now would have been through the roof. So and that's what I would say. It's start buying and holding sooner, whether it's syndications, multifamily, it doesn't matter, right? Just start buying and holding. I love it. Well, Bob, you're no stranger to the mic yourself. You mentioned earlier in the episode that you also host a real estate investing podcast where you talk about people transitioning from athletes to investors. And then, of course, you've got your business. Tell us a little bit about what you do there. Yeah. So, you know, the purpose of Pucks to Properties is to give back to show individuals that are coming to the end of their, let's say, end of that path or end of that journey, right? And it's to show them, hey, there is life after sports. There's life after whatever it is. And I think it's really, really important to get that confidence and gain that confidence for anybody that is, you know, we'll talk about sports right now because, you know, you're in a hockey locker room or you're in a baseball locker room, you're in a football locker room. You have coaches, you have strengthening individuals that are telling you what to do every single day, what to eat, how to work out, when to sleep, right? So you have set regimens every single day, but when you're done with that, you're a fish out of water. So Athletes go through, I like to call it a lull, but it is a little bit of a kind of depression <laughs> that you go through with life after because it is tough transition. So anyway, that's the purpose of the podcast is to give you know individuals that played sports confidence that there is life after and there is success after. I love it. Well, if you want to find more, you can find Bob at RevaGlobal.com. Bob, how about any kind of social media websites, anything there you're active on? All uh, Facebook, Instagram, same stuff. I think my team does some TikTok stuff. I don't do TikTok. You'll never see me dancing on TikTok <laughs> ever. If you do, I give you full authority to smack me in the back of the head. All right. That's I love it. it. Well, Bob, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Professional hockey player turned real estate investor and business owner, Bob Lachance. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom today on the podcast with us. Awesome, Jacob. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Bob. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.